you know, you really shouldn't doubt me. I never doubt you. I just question you. <laughs> I keep my professional skepticism on alert. What arena is this? Four? Three. It is. I don't know. Now I don't know. <laughs> a release like community. Uh, Good one. Community. Yeah. Community. Community. They, they release community. I love communities. Um, the elixir count is at the average cost. The average elixir cost. I can't even talk because I'm so excited about this deck. <laughs> but which, by the way, happens all the time. A lot more than the outtakes. <laughs> a lot more. <laughs> There's an outtake right there. There it is. Welcome to Cast Royale, the Clash Royale podcast for casual players. I'm Rob. And I'm Joe. And this week, we have so much stuff to talk about. Yes, we do. Welcome to episode 005. This is what happens when we take a break. Maybe that's what we should name the episode. We should. Uh, I still like it. Here's not, what happens when you take a break. I still like it's not rocket science. Which like we'll, we'll get into that later. But I mean, we, <laughs> we, we have been uh, extremely busy with personal work stuff and um, lots of goodies for you guys. So we're actually just going to jump right into this. Um, Correct. So lots of news came out um, and we had to make some cuts because or else we're going to have like a four hour episode. So um, the first thing was that uh, Supercell is getting rid of, uh, or I should say putting a ban on all quote unquote cheaters right they're trying to encourage fair play that's right so i guess supercell realized that there were bots out there that were playing for people and also you know some people had the ability to generate gems um so they are in your words putting the kaput to that and um they're giving a swift roundhouse kick to the face <laughs> to anybody yep. who who uses those. Uh, you will have a permanent ban, and you will never be able to play Clash Royale again. And you know what's really funny? Well, our uh, our Twitter account got um, a request from one of those gem people, uh, mm -hmm. and I responded back to one of them, and I just gave them the link to that article. <laughs> that, was my, that was my response. That's really funny, <laughs> I put, actually. I put a smiley face in there. Uh, Hi, I'd like to follow you. Here, here's a link. You're banned. There you go. The, enough said. Like, that's it. <laughs> um, yeah, so... Uh, the, the, the funny, the funny thing is, uh, they actually posted a fair play Q and a, um, and they did like, you know, why did you initiate a mass ban? Why now? Hasn't it been a thing for a while? Blah, blah, blah. And one of the questions was, how do you detect modified accounts? And the answer was psychic octopus. No way. Yep. That's the response. Psychic so, octopus. <laughs> uh, these guys keep going up in rank in my book. So no, that's great. Yeah. That was pretty funny. What else did we have? Um, there was some community tournament guidelines. Um, so to make it so that I guess if, if you want to sanction your own tournament, um, that all tournaments that are going to, uh, run this game, they're all going to run pretty much the same way. So it's nice that they actually did that. Um, did you get a chance to look through that? Yeah, I, I thought it was pretty cool. I mean, I guess the biggest question mark that everybody had was going to be, if I hold my own tournament, is Supercell going to come after me? Right. Um, like, do I need a license or is it, you know, can anybody do this? And basically they said, no, you don't need a yeah. license. As long as you follow these guidelines, you're fine. Right. Also interesting. You can't broadcast your tournament on television. Um, well, that, that ruins my plan. Yep. Well, <laughs> and you're not allowed to use the Supercell logo. 
Eh, I mean, that makes sense. I mean, you can't pretend like you're them. This is true. Um, so the next one that we had was another announcement that they released that was titled Consistency at the Top. Um, and I guess that, I mean, this doesn't really concern uh, probably most of the people that are in our clan or listening to this podcast, because this is for like really high level people, I would say, would you, would you agree? I would agree. I mean, I'm level eight. The highest I've seen is level nine. (laughs) So this basically increases, um, the max King tower level, uh, previously 12 and now it's 13. Um, so, you know, you get a little extra damage and a little extra health at the top. Um, and, did you get a, a chance to see what the main reason for this was? Uh, no, I, di- I didn't. Uh, there was, like I said, there was so much stuff going on. I didn't even get a chance to really read this one. Sure. So a couple of things happened with this, um, you know, consistency at the top. Previously, they put, you know, Supercell put uh, different level caps from, you know, I guess two weeks ago, mm-hmm. the news that came out. So in order to kind of make the game itself, the normal play that people have in the latter um, realm match the tournament rules that they recently came out with right they changed some of the level caps that are in like the normal game as opposed to tournaments so the king level increased from 12 to 13 common level increased from 12 to 13 um rare level went up from uh 10 to 11 epic cards stayed the same and actually legendaries took a there was a decrease in their cap so they went from six to five and i think supercell really just wanted to kind of mirror the tournament rules that were previously put out two weeks ago mm-hmm. into the normal game play um, to make sure that the whatever power level they were giving certain rarity of cards was consistent in both tournament play and just normal ladder. Yep, that pretty much nailed it. And then uh, the biggest news of uh, the last couple of weeks is the balance changes that are coming out on May 3rd. So by the time anybody is even listening to this episode, it would have already came out. Um, so let's go over some of the changes they've been doing nice little sneak peeks for us, um, throughout the last week, which I thought was kind of cool. Um, so the majority of the changes come to you in the form of the mortar, uh, the deployment time being increased to five seconds, uh, and the damage, uh, taking a decrease by 10%. I cannot wait for this to happen. Yeah. Thank you everything holy. Um, and then the next one, even, even better than the mortar is the bomb tower. It's lifetime decreased to 40 seconds from 60 seconds. Yeah. And I think people, you know, people obviously understand that the, the lower to mid level arenas, Mm -hmm. it's just too overpowered. Yeah. Um, especially from, I don't know, I guess people anywhere from like the 15 to 2,500 trophy Mm -hmm. count. Yeah. It's just too powerful of a card. Um, it's just too difficult to deal with. So reducing it from 60 to 40 will just make it much simpler to deal with because it won't impact the, you know, the individual battle for the, as long. Right. And then, um, the, the, the only one, the next one is the only one that I, you know, kind of got a little sad at, but I do understand it. You know, the elixir collector is going to have a decrease in hit points by 20%. Um, and mainly because people were using the building as a distraction for other things. So they just wanted to kind of combat that a little bit. So it'll still be effective. It'll just be less effective at being a distraction. Um, then we have the cannon. Um, its hit points were decreased by 11%. It's an odd number. It is an odd number. Yeah, I don't know but. where they come up with that, but we'll take it. Um, and then the royal giant is getting a range increase by one because they don't see him in play nearly as much as they want him to be in play. Right. So I think the only 
by increasing by increasing his range by one, mm-hmm. he then is able to outrange every single tower in the game, except for the arena towers, as well as um, the expo and the mortar. He outranges the inferno tower. He outranges the cannon, um, and he outranges the bomb tower. This is true. Um, and then. We also have a change in the mirror card, um, which is the common and rare cards are going to be mirrored one level higher. So I guess for this, they're, as we just talked about, increasing common and rare caps. Mm -hmm. So this is just to go in line with that. That way the mirror isn't underpowered. Right, exactly. Um, And then the next one that we have is the Valkyrie. Um, And the Mini Pekka, right? They're the same. Yeah, actually, you're right. Um, the Valkyrie and the Mini Pekka both received the same treatment here. So this one was kind of interesting. So when you hit them with a fireball, um, typically a fireball does a pushback if the other units um, survive. So the Valkyrie and the Mini Pekka n- were never affected by this pushback effect. And now they felt that they should also be affected by this pushback effect. And I, I actually really liked what they said. Uh, it says, when a rather large fireball lands on your face, you should feel it and look as though you felt it. Yeah. yeah no, so I, that was the tweet. I agree. I think the big thing for that is previously it was almost like the mini Pekka and the Valkyrie were a little bit too strong in that regard. Mm-hmm. Um, they were the only two cards in the game that you couldn't like offset with a fireball at the end of the game if you're trying to get somebody off your tower or something. So. You know, this just makes them more in line with everything else. Right. And then other little tweaks that they did, I guess some units when they were facing the same type of unit, uh, certain ones would attack quicker than the other, even though they were the same exact unit. So if archers were going up against archers, one set of archers might attack sooner. So I think they're fixing all of that stuff. So it's nice to see these little uh, housekeeping things be put into place. Sure. And these might not even have been things that, you or I or anybody else that just plays here or there would even realize Mm -hmm. is happening during a given match. But, you know, it's pretty cool to see that they are looking at it and making changes. Yep. And then, uh, like we said before, there were a couple sneak peeks um, that came out this week. Uh, So they showed the live spectating that's going to be coming out, which I actually thought was really cool because while you're watching the game, um, they give you these little buttons that you can press to throw out confetti on each of the players' side when they do something that you like. So it's it kind of makes it so that everybody is participating in this match. So I thought that that uh, that was really fun. Can you only throw confetti when you like things? Or if you don't like something, can you, can you throw like, like a tomato? Yeah. I would, <laughs> like, I would can, love can to be I able to. I don't know if, you could, the, I don't know if you could throw a tomato, but I think that that would be pretty funny if you could. Um, <laughs> I think that'd be I, awesome. I guess you just opt out of throwing confetti if there's nothing else to throw. I would totally throw tomatoes in your games. Even if you destroy a tower, I'd throw the tomato. Yo, I love you too. I'm sorry. Um, and then, um, the, they also are updating the TV Royale, um, section of the game to give us channels. So now we this can actually, so oh cool. my God. So we can finally filter to different games based on whatever arena we want to be looking at. And that was apparently, uh, I forget where I read this, but apparently that was like the number most, number one most requested feature in the game. Well, I mean, think about it when, when we want to see replays of games, we go to TV Royale. Right. And if we want to f- see games of people that are like us, that aren't very high level or have common cards at the same level as we do and just want to see how people are playing them, mm-hmm. the only option that we have is to go look it up on YouTube or ask people in your clan to right. share videos, right? So 
Now what this allows you to do is see how people within arenas that you're currently working in that are using cards that you are using at the level that you're using them at and how they're using them. So you can learn from people in a better way because you can just sit back, watch what people are doing and see what works. And, and it's a lot work. and it's a lot more relevant to what you're working on. And that's the coolest thing, right? It's nice to see like on TV Royale all the top players in the in the world and what they do and, you know, the the best decks in the game, but like I don't have those. So it's it's not helpful to me. Right. That's cool to watch if you want to watch it, but if you need to use that as a tool to get better, this is good. This change is going to help. Right. I mean, I still don't have the two legendary cards. So yeah, half either. the decks in them run both of those cards. I'm just like, okay, well, now that I don't have them, what could I replace them with mm. to, to have the same f- effect? And the answer is I nothing. Can't. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> I, Absolutely I have to get the nothing. cards. <laughs> uh, Joe and I are still really sad that we don't have any legendaries, but hopefully sad one face. day. Um, and then the second sneak peek that they brought out was I'm just going to barrel through this because there were a lot, and a lot of stuff was actually um, stuff we already talked about, but they gave us more information. So we're actually going to get gold every time we win a game, which is awesome. I cannot wait for this to happen. Yep. Finally, like every- I've been saying this since I started playing the game. Yeah, I just feel like for me, whenever I play a game, I want the reason to be more than I just want some more trophies. Right. So if, if I have, if I'm full on chests, my free chests are gone, I got my crown tower chest, fine. I don't have any incentive to play the game after that, unless I'm trying to get higher than somebody else in the clan or push a personal best or something. Yep. Um, other than that, I don't really have an incentive to play the game. Correct. Um, and it seems like all of these changes, um, in particular, what we're talking about right now, um, are more towards, uh, or geared towards making it easier for people to obtain and upgrade their existing cards. So we have the crown chest containing twice as much, uh, rewards. The super magical chest is going to have a doubled, uh, drop rate chance. So what was it before? One out of a thousand. Now it's one out of 500, I guess. That's awesome. Um, and then you have giant and magical chests. Um, their drop rate has increased. Um, the donation slash requests, um, they increase as you get higher um, in arenas. So that's pretty cool. And then... And, and we talked about that in our, on our last cast, yeah. right? Yep. And then uh, we have the card shop, which again, when this affects us, it'll be awesome. But right now it doesn't. So for all you legendary players, um, legendary cards can appear once you've reached the legendary arena. So that'll be a nice change for players that are much higher than us. <laughs> I agree, but it'd be nice for me too, because then I can finally <laughs> buy the card because they're, so, they're so difficult to get in chests <sighs> that this could just really help me out. That's true. But, but I I'm guess sure they're going to make them so expensive. They don't want us mere peons to be able to get legendary cards, Joe. You peasants, you cannot, <laughs> thou shall not have legendary cards. So that's it. That was all the news. That was um that was a lot. And we we uh we tried to condense that. So good job. So in our last cast, Rob, we mentioned that we were gonna be going back into the arena roundups, right? Yes. Um, but I think one thing that we wanted to point out is we understand that going card by card by card by card by card can get a little tedious. Correct. Um, and because there are so many of them, it can be um kind of boring here or there. And to be honest. It's tedious for us too, even though we like doing it because it's informational and it helps us get a little bit better. 
Um, there is a lot of information to go over. So Joe and I did a little soul searching over the last two to three weeks. Um, and uh, I think we're going to change up the format a little bit. Just a little bit. Just a little so, bit. So what we're going to do is we're going to go over the cards in Arena 3. Yeah, so we're still going to do the Arena Roundup. It's just but, not going to be the main feature of the episode. Correct. So mm-hmm. we're going to take the cards for Arena 3 and then in future episodes, the different arenas. And we'll go through the cards very briefly on what they are, how they can be used. Fine. Once we're done with that, we are going to tell you different decks that you can make that we've made, tested, and tried. Yep. That we see work with these cards. Um, but not only how they work, but also what you should be prepared for in case you get a counter um, coming your way. Correct. So with that said, let's step into... Arena Roundup Part 3. Part 3. So we got the Barbarian Bowl, right? And um, that arena requires uh, 800 plus trophies. And the cards that we have in this arena are the Cannon, Barbarians, Rocket, Barbarian Hut, Rage, and Expo. Perfect. You want to give us a quick rundown on the Cannon? The Cannon. Do you use the Cannon or have you used the Cannon? I've recently just started using a deck that has the cannon in it. Okay. Um, I think my thought process behind that was the cannon is a three elixir defensive card. Mm-hmm. And it's just so powerful for a three elixir card. Um, That's why they're decreasing can, its power. Right. And I just figured while it's overpowered, mm-hmm. why not incorporate it into my deck, right? Um, so I just think it's really good from... A defensive perspective, you can't really use this card offensively, mm-hmm. um, I guess, unless somebody puts something, you know, too close to the other, to the side of the, um, to the river, right. where you can kind of use the cannon to attack it. Mm-hmm. I, I pretty much see this used as a defensive card to offset other units. Right. Other troops that are coming your way that you want to stop the direct line directly from, you know, the river to your tower. Well, I think um, the best place to place this card would probably be um, either behind another building that you have or near um, your arena or crown towers. Yeah, maybe not right next to it, though. No. Like maybe in, maybe in the center. In between like them. Kind of like where your king tower would be. Yeah, right? but like right but maybe like up in front like three of three or four tiles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Because it'll, it'll kind of make your opponent go from the river entrance into your base diagonally to the cannon. And then diagonally back to the tower right. once they're done killing. It kind of acts. It's it's a distraction for the enemy uh, troops, which is uh, pretty good. Um, the the biggest downside I think for this card is that obviously it only attacks ground units. Correct, but it it does have a pretty high damage per second. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know it's really good against both high hit point cards or troops, um, and also lower lower hit point troops. So. This will effectively take out a Valkyrie all by itself, along with the Crown Tower, um, yeah. as it just sits back and puts it there. Um, I try not to use this card as like a throwaway card. Like I don't typically set this up like somebody would set up their bomb tower okay. and just let it let it ride, right? Because it only lasts on the battlefield for forty seconds. Okay, um, is that level so, one? Well, the the time doesn't change. Oh, it doesn't? Mm-mm. Oh. So right now mine is... I've never upgraded oh, mine, actually, so I have no idea. Hold on, let me, let me, let me, let me redo that. Um, 
So it only stays on the battlefield for 30 seconds. Mm -hmm. And no matter what level it is, it doesn't change how long it stays on the battlefield. It just increases its damage and and health, right? So I don't set this up too soon because Mm -hmm. it doesn't last long enough to just like set up and leave it alone. I use this as a reaction to something else that's coming my way. Okay, like a giant? Correct. Mm -hmm. And to be honest with you, I also use it to offset the balloon. Um, It doesn't attack the balloon, but it 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 offsets directionally the balloon. balloon. Right, and because the balloon is so slow, you can effectively use that to just get it away from your tower and let your other troops, like, you know, goblins or archers or even your just your crown tower to kill it. Yep, so a pretty good defensive unit. Um, And then the next card that we have is the Barbarians, which... Barbarians! A a card that you and I both use very frequently. I love this card. Um, And this card is a five elixir card, right, Joe? Yep. Um, And it summons four Barbarians um, that are melee troops, melee, right? Melee, melee? I don't know. Melee. I know it's melee. Mayday! 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 Um, so, yeah. They have amazing blonde mustaches. It's, it's like a crowbar. <laughs> right? Isn't it like, what do they call it? It's like a handlebar mustache? A it's handlebar like what you mustache. would see like from a biker. Yep. Like if a biker rolled up, if, if there was a troop that just rolled up on like a motorcycle. I'd expect it to have Barbarian on, it, on the back of its leather jacket. Correct. <laughs> so, because, you know, it wouldn't be the hog rider because the hog rider is going to roll up on a hog. Right. He's not gonna. He's not gonna roll up on a bike. Yo, he's too good for for a bike. He's got that hog. He's way too good. He, he's got he that won't hog. Be able to jump over. He won't be able to jump over rivers with with a bike. That's true. <laughs> um. So typically, I use my barbarians uh to surround my other units, and I've been I've been doing that a lot more since I've been using Jason's deck. Um, I'm not afraid to say that because I said that last time. Um, I am still using Jason's deck, and it has brought me to Arena Seven. So that's pretty cool. Um, mm-hmm. But I throw these cards out around other bigger units that I have. So I'll throw sure. my barbarians out with my giant, or I find a little bit more effective is to throw my barbarians out and then my hog rider right behind it. And then it pushes through the barbarians and the barbarians take the damage of the units that are trying to attack. Yeah. I, I just think that prior to Jason using the barbarians in that way, mm-hmm. um, they weren't, they weren't used in that way. Um, maybe not by like the masses of people that are using it. Definitely not often. Um, so I, I think using them to protect your other units Mm -hmm. as opposed to just using them to push towards the tower, um, is just a really cool perspective. And I really like the way that he used them. So I'm with you. I, I, I'm using it the exact same way now. Yep. And then, um, the other thing that I said a couple of weeks ago, um, is I use them if I'm facing someone who I know has a giant skeleton. I'll throw them on the side of the, where the river is uh, once the giant skeleton gets on my side of the board so that once the barbarians kill the skeleton, they can run away and not take that 600 damage. That's right. And I think depending on what you're facing, these cards are real, really, really good to use against others. So if you're facing something like a hog rider, it's good to drop these right in front of your tower. Because effectively, the hog rider is going to get to your tower very, very quickly anyway. Right. So by the time you drop them, he's probably going to be at your tower, and he has to fight through your barbarians in order to attack your tower. So he might, he might get one hit he off. He might get one hit. Right. Um, whereas if you're facing something like a witch or um, a wizard or, I don't know, maybe like a musketeer or something, you won't want to drop them right by your tower because then they'll effectively get hit before attacking Mm -hmm. so you want to drop them right on the range unit 
um, that way the damage can just start happening as soon as they fall. Yep. And I think that uh, the the biggest downfalls of these particular units um, are things that do mass area damage. Um, so the fireball spell knocks these guys out, doesn't kill them, but does enough damage that by the time they get to the opponent's tower, the tower can take them out. Um, and then units like the witch, the wizard, the ice wizard, um, especially the ice wizard, because the ice wizard slows them down. So I, f- I find that the there's two cards that really destroy these troops hmm. it's the wizard and the valkyrie okay um yes the valkyrie does do that you're the right valkyrie just eats these things alive mm-hmm. as long as as long as the valkyrie's in front of them and doesn't get placed like right in the middle of them because i find that the barbarians can do a lot of damage to the valk even if they like are fully surrounding her um they might take her down to like you know 33 percent health or something but if if you're in a situation where the barbarians are slowly walking towards you while the Valkyrie is slowly wa- walking up towards them. Um, you know, the Valkyrie's not going to f- really get that much damage taken to her. No. And she has a lot of hit points, so she'll last a while. Right. Especially because, you know, a couple of weeks back when the, when the update came out, they gave her 10% more damage and 10% more hit points. So effectively she's a pretty good tank and she can take out you know, swarms of troops very simply. Correct. Um, and then the next card that we have is the good old rocket. The rocket. The, the, the most powerful spell we have in the game probably, right? It, oh yeah, it is the most powerful spell. I mean, I don't, let me just see real quick if I can pull up how much damage it does at whatever level I have it at. I think it does like 600. <laughs> the rocket at level five, mine's level five, does 1,000 area damage. And 400 damage to a crown tower. That is a lot. And, I mean, clearly it gets much higher as you get up higher. Um, but it does a lot of area damage. I'd say from a, like, the size of the impact is pretty small. It's only mm-hmm. two, two total tiles. Okay. Um, which, compared to other spells, is pretty small. So you have to be pretty precise when you're throwing this thing down. Um, but effectively, if you can time it correctly. Especially if you're and, trying to hit a moving target. Correct. And that's why like things that move slow, like bigger targets or, you know, swarms of troops that are just lumped up that you know where they're going to be, mm-hmm. um, are, you can effectively j- like no questions asked, wipe them all out. No, they're, um, they're toast. This is like but, Armageddon for all troops. That's, that's a good way to look <laughs> at it. what it is. I mean, things like the big P.E.K.K.A. and the, you know, the, the giant or even the giant skeleton, they're going to have enough hit points to eat this eat this damage but mm-hmm. um it'll take out a nice chunk of their their health while they're slowly walking towards you and unfortunately there's really no way to defend against this card once it's thrown it's thrown oh i mean eh, I get, it's like any other spell though right like once the arrows or the fireball or the zap or lightning once any spell is lobbed into the air or instantly thrown down you that's, All you can do is That's watch. true. I completely agree with you, but let me ask you this question. Would you rather have a firecracker thrown at you or a nuclear bomb? That is a fantastic question. They both I feel require, like it's a loaded question. They both <laughs> require the same amount of defense. Nothing. But Correct. But the nuke will kill you. I, I completely... No, no, no. I'm, <laughs> I'm with you. So, so if... <laughs> I agree. If I see... If I see the rocket thrown, if I see it used out, as soon as I see it launch from the from the opponent's king tower i immediately just shake my head i do too however uh the best thing you can do is after you realize that the game is not over and you should keep going 
throw out like one of your best units because the rocket costs six elixir. So they have to catch up a lot if you throw out. Like I usually throw my hog out when that happens. Yeah. No, that's I think that's a good that's a really good way to play it. If 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 the if the rocket's thrown out, the opponent has effectively committed to using six elixir. Yep. And if they played anything before that, now they have almost none. So the best thing to do is if you have something something in your deck that allows you to rush towards the tower, like maybe the hog rider um and barbs and archers or something right, like the that mix of those two um or goblins and archers mm-hmm. or something like that um that's a really good answer to them using the rocket right even though you can't do anything to the rocket itself this helps um and then the next card that we have is the barbarian hut and we don't really need to spend too much time on this because uh it effectively um spawns the same barbarians that we talked about before again keeping with the whole barbarian theme for the barbarian bowl arena um the cool thing about this one is that it spawns two of the barbarians that you have um every 14 seconds um the biggest downside i think with this card is that again it's a big cost card it costs seven elixir so i don't particularly use it and i would rather use barbarians over the hut but there are many strategies that involve the Barbarian Hut, which we'll get to later. I agree. Um, do you want to give us the lowdown on the Rage spell? Yeah, so, I mean, in previous casts, we've given a rundown on this card. Um, but effectively what it does, you throw it down in a... It's a very large radius, five tiles. Um, I mean, that's just radius, right? So, ten total tiles in diameter, and you can fit any amount of troops that you would want in there. Um, so the, the way that this works is you throw it down and any troops that are in it will have increased movement speed and increased attack speed for a certain amount of time, depending on what level um, your, your rage spell is. Mm-hmm. So we see this card used very well with things like the P.E.K.K.A. and, and, and the three musketeer combo, right? Anything that, or yes. even the mini P.E.K.K.A., right? Or even the hog rider, like anything that does significant damage that if you boost that attack speed will just overpower your enemy. Um, those are the types of cards to use these with. Things that can stay on the battlefield for a pretty good amount of time and can get a lot of damage in in a very short amount of time. Speaking of which, bro, I shake in my boots every time somebody plays this card with the balloon. Oh my gosh, yeah. This thing just completely annihilates if I don't take that uh, balloon out. What would you say if if you could say the one of the biggest weaknesses to the balloon is what? What would you say it is? The biggest weaknesses for the balloon? Yeah, no, no, yeah. Like if you could say the the balloon as a card mm-hmm. has a biggest weakness. What is its weakness? Not like how do you counter it, but like what is the weakness of that card? That it. Uh, hmm. I would say the biggest weakness of it is probably the fact that it moves so slow. That it moves so slow. Yeah. So if. If your card moves so slow, but and that's the only weakness that it has, or the biggest weakness that it has, if you can throw the rage spell down with it, effectively all it has to do is just travel a little bit quicker, yep. get to the tower, and destroy it. And now it's doing its damage quicker. Yeah, so this is a, a very, very, very good card to use the rage spell. How with. much does it cost? The rage spell? Yeah. Three. <laughs> that's even better. Yep, so it's a three elixir card. Um, so, I mean, it's not like you need a lot of elixir to use it. It's, you know, this third, the third lowest elixir count in the game. <laughs> so true. You can, you can effectively drop very large units or high costing units 
and then have enough to 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 throw this out once once you get across the river. Yeah, this card, like you said, is really good with big uh, units like the giant, the giant skeleton, things that are slow. Uh, the balloon, really, really good with the P.E.K.K.A. Um, and then also the Golem or Golem, depending on the what golem? part of the country you're from. Is this like Lord of the Rings now? Smeagly. In the pool, it's not a sand cool. So juicy, sweet. Dude, that was pretty good. You like that? I mean, it was kind of creepy, but I was, it was kind of cool. I <laughs> mean, I was a big LOTR fan. Sorry. Nice. Um, and then the last card that we have for this arena is the Expo. So this is the Expo. So the Expo is pretty cool. Um, like I mentioned before, it's going to be one of the only two defensive towers in the game or defensive cards in the game that will outrange the Royal Giant once he gets his increase. Um, but Effectively, the Expo has a range of 12 tiles. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is a card that you can put at the edge they, of the river. They, they brought that down, right? It was 13. It was 13, right. but they nerfed it a little bit. That way, you couldn't put the Tesla in front of it while then And putting, have it still be really effective, yeah. Well, then putting the Expo behind it, and then it would still be able to hit the tower. Right. Yep. So by reducing it to 12 range, you can no longer put the Tesla in between it. Um, so that kind of made it a little bit easier to deal with, um, when you have to counter it, but it is, it is a very effective card to take out towers, especially when the opponent either makes a mistake or, you know, attacks the other side of the map. Um, so you can, if you can get a push going and then use this card to supplement that push, Mm -hmm. it has pretty good damage over time but it doesn't hit for a lot for each hit (laughs) um right that's true and another another big thing is that it takes uh five seconds to deploy so if you're using this card be prepared that you uh need to be able to back that up in that time frame um and then if you're facing someone that is using it get ready to try and take that out within those early five seconds because that that gives you ample time to prepare right because then effectively your opponent is committing six elixir to a card that they're pretty much always going to place pretty close to the pretty close to the river. Um, so they're throwing out a card that makes them wait five seconds till they can do anything. Mm-hmm. So you have five seconds to react to that card while they are le- they are short on six mana compared to what you can throw down in that same five second span. Yep. So every second matters. So make them count. And to bring up a card that we talked about uh, previously, the rocket is an amazing counter for the expo. Yeah, I completely. It agree. pretty much just demolishes it. I mean, I think any, I think the fireball is pretty good. It's not going to kill it, but it'll effectively reduce its health by a little bit. Um, but if you could throw down the hog rider or the barbarians in front of this, um, even something like the Valkyrie, something that has a little bit more health that can mm-hmm. you know get some damage in. Um, it's probably going to be a pretty good option for you. Yep. And since we're staying with the theme of using these cards, um, one of the cool things that you can do is putting the rage spell on an expo will decrease its deployment time. Seriously? Yep. And it also increases its hit speed. So if you put, if you throw the expo down and, mm-hmm. and then immediately put the rage spell on it, it'll deploy it'll faster happen quicker and yep. then attack faster like it normally would under the rage this is correct that's really cool yep that's a nice little tip found that one out um 
So yeah, that pretty much does it for our uh, Arena Roundup Part 3, the Barbarian Bowl. Barbarian Bowl. All right, so we are going to go into our new section, um, appropriately dubbed Deck Spotlight. Deck Spotlight. I'm really excited yeah. for this. It's, it's, nah, it's going to be good. It is our new section. But we hope. Um, yeah, so bear with us. Um, we are trying something new, so hopefully it works the way that we want it. Um, and what we did was we made three different decks, um, that are themed specifically for this arena. So they use the cards from the barbarian bowl, but the only criteria that we were, um, pretty hard on was that we had to use at a minimum two or more cards from this particular arena. Correct. Correct. So the first deck that we have, uh, we appropriately named it's not rocket science. It's not rocket science. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this one's pretty cool. Uh, you, want, you want to go over those cards? Yeah. So the the three cards that this deck features from the Barbarian Bowl are mm-hmm. the rocket, the cannon, and the barbarians. After that, there are minions, arrows, spear goblins, archers, and the baby dragon. So the elixir average cost of this deck is 3.6 elixir. Um, so it's quick. So it's a pretty quick deck. Mm-hmm. Um, however, the highest elixir cost card is the rocket, which is six. The purpose of this deck and the way to play it is that it can be quick if you need it to be quick. So you can get a swarm of troops down on the battlefield very quickly to respond to anything that kind of comes your way, whether you're trying to just distract what's coming your way or if you really want to, you know, kill it. Um, mm-hmm. And then have an offensive movement towards your opponent. But ultimately, the main reason and purpose of this deck is the rocket spell. Right. Using the rocket effectively to damage the opponent's tower, to get it low enough that whether you kill it from your push of troops or in overtime, throw the rocket out. Another rocket. And get a W on your belt. But ultimately, the reason why the deck is so quick, aside from the rocket, is that you want to be able to cycle to the rocket as many times as you possibly can within a given battle. Right. This is a very specific type of deck. Right. So you use the archers and the spear goblins as defensive units to um, either distract or kill a large troop that's coming your way very, very quickly. Um, Mm -hmm. Use the cannon to offset any, you know, tower specific type things. Like, like a giant, like the giant or the hog rider, the balloon, like mm-hmm. I mentioned before. Um, but it's also a very good damage over time kind of card. So right. it, effectively, it saves you from, um, you know, when you throw your rocket out, you're kind of vulnerable, right? So if you throw down the cannon, it's going to offset anything coming your way. And that, along with the tower, should should keep you safe enough. Um, to kind of trade on some damage between your towers. Right. And the nice thing about this deck is you also have low cost answers to other air units. So you have the baby dragon, which is four. You have the regular minions, which are three. And then you also have regular ground troops that attack the air, like the archers and the spear goblins. So a good amount of uh, ground and air coverage, I think. Correct. And I think the one thing that you shouldn't forget about this deck is that you do have the arrows. So you should effectively use the arrows and the baby dragon as your swarm defense. Mm -hmm. So if you've got a swarm of troops coming your way, 
the best option is going to be the baby dragon. Right. Otherwise, you can put out the smaller troops like the minions, the spear goblins, and the archers in, mm-hmm. an, in a spread out fashion to have that, that effect of area of effect damage. Um, otherwise, you've got the arrows to, to, to take out anything else that's left. That's correct. But it's not rocket science. That's true. <laughs> yep. So for, um, for this particular deck, uh, let's go into some things to maybe watch out for while you're using it, um, just so you can be best prepared while you're playing it. Sure. Right? So I think things like the fireball spell mm-hmm. um, or the zap spell, you really need to watch out for because effectively the barbarians, the archers, the minions, and the spear goblins, if you don't have good positioning of those minions, you will, you will get wiped out from a two spell combo or a one spell fireball with like small cleanup remaining. Yep. Right. So you should be conscious of where you position your troops when the fireball spell is being used and, you know, other things like the zap, the wizard, um, and things like that. Right. Most of the troops in this deck have low hit points. Correct. Um, so then that brings us to our next deck, which we titled Hut You See is Hut You Get. Nice little pun on words. Thank you. Um, so this deck features um, the Barbarian Hut, the Barbarians, and the Rage Spell. After that, we have the Arrows, the Minions, the Goblin Hut, the Spear Goblins, and the Archers, which brings the total elixir count to. 3.9. Right. So it's not, I wouldn't call this a very fast deck, but yeah, it's either. still a pretty quick deck. And depending on what cards you're playing, it can be fast, right? Because the reason why it got increased is because you have the Barbarian Hut, which is seven mm-hmm. elixir, and yep. you've added another card that is the Goblin Hut um, to the mix, which is another five cost card. So right. effectively, you're going to be winding up throwing out huts to allow you to build over time an army of troops. Right. That's the key with this deck. You want to start by throwing out your huts. That way it just becomes overwhelming towards the end of the game. Correct. And one thing that you want to watch out for is the positioning of the huts. You don't want to put them right next to each other. You don't want to put them both right behind your tower because if the opponent has a spell like the rocket or the fireball, effectively your strategy is going to get wiped out. Right. So maybe put one behind your tower in the corner of the map and put the other one, you know, maybe a couple of tiles in front of your um, king tower. That way mm-hmm. they're as spread out as they can be while not being too vulnerable to your opponent. Yep. Um, but, Rob, as you mentioned, the best way to use the deck is to make sure you get your huts out. And then from there, you deal with the troops that are coming your way as you need to deal with them. Right. Once, you, once your barbarians and your spear goblins through their perpetual damage just take over one side of the of the map Mm -hmm. once you see that you've dominated a lane in some way shape or form you want to drop what you need to drop and then use the rage spell to just (laughs) wipe everything out yep so now the problem with this deck is that it gets destroyed by aoe damage (laughs) correct Now, that might seem like a really big issue, but if you position your troops in such a way that they don't get wiped out, it can be a very effective deck. But this deck requires, I would say, a little bit more skill because it requires a lot of information in terms of you understanding what your opponent plays, Mm -hmm. where to position things to make sure you don't get 
wiped out with one fireball, right? So once you see that you've taken over a lane and you know that the position of your troops is in a good spot, then you can throw the rage spell out and effectively wipe out anything that you need to. Yep. And um, just like the previous deck, we still have the arrows in here. So that that is a great answer for if you're being overwhelmed by um, many, many little troops. Um, Another spell that uh, we should watch out for when we're using this deck is the lightning spell, especially if we uh, have our buildings too close together, because that will take out all those buildings. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. Um, But one another thing that we wanted to mention is the rage spell in this deck needs to be a surprise. You can't you can't use the rage spell four different times in the same match for it to have the same effect. This needs to be like a money in the bank kind of card at the end of the game or to end the game. This needs to be right. after you've set up your attack and it's at a point where you think you're just dominating so that you can annihilate the tower. Um, this deck brings us back to one of our original episodes. This is a quick smack in the face. That's right. It's, it's that's a, what this needs to be. This is a quick smack in the face. And if you, yep. if you don't save that smack in the face... You're going to get punched. You're going to get punched back. And you don't want to get punched back, right? You, you just want to smack them in the face and then walk away. You want to drop and the done. mic and walk away. Be out. <laughs> nice. Um, so, yeah, test that one out. Let us know how it goes. Um, and then the last deck that we have um, for our deck spotlight is Expo Marks the Spot. Expo Marks the Spot. This one personally is my favorite deck um, that we created. Lay it, lay, lay it out for us. Sure. So, Expo Marks the Spot features as I'm sure you can imagine, the Expo. Um, it also features the Rage spell. After that, there is the Elixir Pump, the Fireball spell, Archers, the Valkyrie, Spear Goblins, and cap it off with the Giant. So the average Elixir cost is 4.0. So it's right in the realm of where you'd want to be between you know 3.5 and 4.5, but it has an Elixir Pump, so you're not going to be feeling like you're ever short on Elixir. Correct. Up front, I will say the problem with this deck is if you don't get the elixir pump out. So because you, you have, fall behind, if you if you don't get the elixir pump out, you will feel like you're falling behind because mm-hmm. you won't be able to set up the 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 strategy, um, right? And have ample elixir to answer any cards. Well, yeah, because when you throw out the expo, you you know expelled six elixir correct so you don't have a lot you don't have a lot to play with after that so i'm i use this deck in the 2100 trophy range mm-hmm. and it worked i mean my cards aren't really 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 high level i mean the, yeah i mean your your expo was what what level the expo is level one yeah all of the all of the rare cards are level five and all of the um all of the common cards at at the like time when i was playing eight. was either seven or eight so they're not very high but they're not very low either. So, but at 2100, this was pretty viable deck. So here's the strategy. In order for this deck to work, you need to establish the giant. The giant needs to be established in the back to slowly walk towards the other um, side of the map. By the king tower. So if you put him right behind your king tower, it gives him the most opportunity to walk while you build up elixir, right? Mm-hmm. So in a perfect world, here's how it would work. You drop down the elixir pump. You wait a little while. Then you drop out the giant. Pick a side, your favorite side, pick it. Then once the giant gets to where you would want to put the expo down, put the expo down right beside him. 
because as soon as it drops, we talked about this before, you will use the expo and it takes five seconds to deploy, right? Correct. So because you now have a giant right in front of it, they're not going to easily be able to answer the expo. Mm -hmm. The good thing is that you put the giant in, he's soaking some damage, you have the expo now starting to deploy, and then you can effectively throw out either archers, the, the, the fireball, the spear goblins, whatever, whatever answer you need to use to respond to what your opponent puts down. Protect the expo. Protect the expo at all costs. Mm -hmm. From there, once you have the expo established and the giant soaking damage, you can then drop the rage spell. Yep. If you drop the rage spell on an expo where you've answered your opponent's um, counters, right. your expo will take out that tower very, very easily. So the tricky part about this deck is if you cannot establish the elixir pump and if your opponent gets to your expo. So we mentioned that we have the fireball in this, mm -hmm. in this deck. So you want to save the fireball not to attack your opponent's tower, but to protect the expo. Most of the time, people are going to want to counter the expo with something like barbarians or minions that are flying in the mm. air that you're not going to be able to attack. Mm -hmm. um, they very rarely will try to use like spear goblins or normal goblins to attack it, right? Because I guess theoretically, they also might use like a fireball spell or like if, if you're unlucky enough to be facing a rocket. Yeah. I completely agree. Um, but, but if you can save the fireball for things to answer those kinds of cards, the thing that's going to win you the game is the rage spell, expo, giant combo. Giant. That's what's going to yep. win you the game. And it surprisingly works a lot more than you think it might. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? I think, uh, you know, because a lot of people might not necessarily uh, like to use decks that aren't flexible i'll say so even though this deck sounds like it's a you know a one method strategy if you can't set those particular things up to get that one strategy done that's okay there's enough in this deck that the giant with archers and spear goblins tucked behind it will do a lot of damage too so there there are other angles that you can play if you don't necessarily get the right cards right off the bat that's right and if you fall behind you can use the expo defensively while setting it up for offensive attacks. And what, what I mean by that is if you're falling behind on the left side of the lane or on the left lane, mm -hmm. you can effectively put the expo on the right side where it would normally want to attack the front tower, right? In front of it on the right mm -hmm. side. If there are troops that, are, you know, that have already penetrated the, the river on the left side, the expo is going to reach them. It'll reach all the way up front by the mm -hmm. opponent's tower. So effectively, if they want to respond to your expo just dealing free damage from a far away, they're not going to be able to focus all of their attention on that one lane. So you can effectively split up your opponent's damage or their focus um, by dropping it as a, def as, a, as a true defensive card, as opposed to the way that I described before, offensive in nature. Yep. Nice. Um, so that pretty much does it for the three decks that we featured in our deck spotlight. So we hope you enjoyed that. Um, and we are going to try and continue doing that in future episodes. Yeah, that was, a that lot was of pretty fun. cool. Mm -hmm. Um, so real quick, that brings us to some clan updates. Um, uh, we wound up, um, expanding into a new clan. Uh, Joe actually wound up leaving our clan. I jumped ship. Um, yeah, he did. Um, and we started cast Royale two, the number two. 
Um, so feel free to send us an invitation uh, if you were looking to join. Um, one thing we did want to mention was we apologize to anybody that we may have rejected in the interim during our break because um, we realized last week because we didn't really talk too much about invitations uh, for the clan, um, we never mentioned the podcast password. So if you were rejected by us because you sent us a generic invitation, just go ahead and um, send us another invitation and just make sure you write the word podcast in there and we'd be happy to accept you as long as we have enough spots, which as of right now, we should. So, And if you're wondering about the Cast Royale 2 name, we were toying with a bunch of different names, but unfortunately Clash Royale limits the amount of characters that you can pretty much do in any kind of message, whether it's a chat message or an inbox message or, lo and behold, a clan name. So yep. we had to settle on a short version of another name, uh, which was Cast Royale 2. And if we need more, we'll go three, four, um, et cetera, until we get to a spot where people aren't joining anymore. <laughs> yep. And um, again, uh, if you're ever unsure about how many clans we have, what the names of the clans are that we have, possibly how many spots we have open, um, visit our website. Um, you'll be able to get that on the clan tab. Um, we have that stuff uh, updating regularly. so. Uh, just be on the lookout for that if you're unsure. Boom. All right. So that brings us into our last section, um, which is the emails and reviews. And because we took a long break, we got a handful of emails and a lot of reviews. Um, so we're going to do this section a little bit differently. We are still going to touch on everyone that we got. Um, we're just not going to go in depth into everything that we wanted to talk about just for the sake of time. Um, so the first email that we got was from Mike. He says, hey, guys, love what you're doing. Would also love to join the clan if a spot opened up or if you started a new branch. I'm a level seven with just just under 1500 trophies, pretty casual, but completely addicted. And I want to get better. I usually make between 150 to 200 donations a week in my current clan. About me, I'm a dude in my 30s, live in Michigan. I clash when I should be watching my kids, etc. Thanks, guys. Mike, game name, Osprey. Yeah, so we're still- Or Osprey. We're... Is it Osprey or Osprey? I think it's Osprey. 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 Osprey? I don't know. He knows who he is. That's right. But I think we're still <laughs> waiting for Mike to join. Um, we did respond back. We let him know. Um, I think we feel the same way about this game, right? I think the only difference between him and us is that we don't have kids that we have to watch. Right. I'm just not walking my dog as much. Correct. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and then the next email that we have is from Lucas. He says, uh, hey, fellas, I'm really enjoying the podcast. Good info for someone fairly new to the game like myself. I particularly like last episode where you broke down the tournament winning deck. All great info and also a pleasant surprise that non-epic decks are viable even at the very top of competition. Also, I would love to join the clan if a spot becomes available. My username in the game is Brash. It'd be nice to be part of an active clan with people who understand that donating benefits everyone. Cheers, Lucas. Yep. So we're still waiting for Lucas to join the clan, but we really did enjoy the tournament breakdown um, last week, and we tried to do a little bit more of that this week. Um, and hopefully we continue to bring that um, your way. All right. So the next email that we have is from good old Kennedy Club. Kennedy who Club. Writes Cast Royale is king. Kennedy Club here from the iTunes Review. I just listened to your most recent episode and I meant every word. This podcast has continued to be incredibly refreshing and insightful. Your breakdown of the Helsinki Tournament 2016 was brilliant. The expansion of your website and vision you have for your clan shows the dedication to your craft. And at the same time, emphasizing the casual play and above all, having fun. I can't say enough good about what this podcast and you as gentlemen embody. If it happens that you find yourselves looking to fill another spot in your clan before you expand, I'd be delighted to join. P.S. 
Boom. Boom. Yeah, Kennedy buddy. Club. I, Thank you so much for that email. I read this email and it just brought a smile to my face. I mean, we... It had to. It said boom in I it. I mean, it said boom in it, right? But then you listen, <laughs> like, I read the words and I was just like, this is incredible. I mean, Rob, the biggest thing that we've always tried to stress, two things. Casual in nature and let's have fun. That's it. Um, I mean, we are, you know, we didn't really know what we were going to do with this podcast. Um, how big it was going to get, how small it would stay. We didn't know. Um, we made a website, we reached out to a bunch of people. Um, and then this happened and then this happened. Right. (laughs) Um, so we are having a lot of fun with it. We're going to hopefully continue to bring things that are refreshing and show a different take on, um, you know, the game from our perspective and with, with the help of what you guys want to hear. So, yeah. Um, we're glad you're along for the ride, Kennedy. Oh, and by the way, boom, boom. Um, so the last email that we got was from uh, Nick from Illinois um, or Illinois, depending on where you're from. So <laughs> he says, hey, guys, any word on if you will be starting a second clan? I'm a 2200 cup player looking for an active clan. Let me know. And great work with the podcast. So I think there was a common theme with every single email we got. Hey, we want to join the clan. When are you creating a new clan? <laughs> so to answer everybody's questions, summed up in one, like we mentioned before. We made a new clan. We made a new one. So please, please, please help me fill the second <laughs> clan. Um, we have about 19 people in it right now, and we want it to be full, just like the last one was. So cast Royale, and then the number two. Yep. And I, I also think it's worth pointing out on here real quick um, that we are trying to keep both clans or any clan we make from here on out at a limit of 48 people max instead of the uh, games limit, which is 50. Um, this will allow us, you know, if other people need to join in real quick so we can explain, you know, what's going on with the new clans, what clan they should be joining because we don't necessarily have enough room. If Joe wants to leave the clan that he's in right now to stop over and say hello, he can. Um, so it just gives us a little bit more flexibility. So just be aware of that. Boom. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that brings us into our reviews. Uh, we got a ton of reviews, man. Did you want to go through some of them? Sure. So the first one is from Kyle Earls. This is a five-star review and says, way better than a slap in the face. Yes. Love the podcast. I've only been playing for like a week and have progressed quite a lot. Thanks to you guys. Hoping to join the clan. Kyle, you know where to find us now. So please do. And the next one is from, I'm going to butcher this completely, but. I think, it, I think it's like Oompa It's supposed to be Oompa I think. I don't think it's supposed to be Oompa Loompa. I think it's supposed to be Ooha Nalumpia. So I'm going to go with. Oompa sounded great. Oompa Loompa does sound great, but I'm going to go with Ooha Nalumpia. And it says, Hog Rada. Very clear, fun, and informative. Grats in advance for episode 100, smiley face. So I will say thank you mm-hmm. for the early congrats because we've got quite a while to go before we get to 100 episodes. Yeah, hopefully we make it there. But a cool thing about Uha and Olympia is that they join the clan. So we're glad to have you and thanks for the review. Yes, thank you. Um, and then the next one that we have is from uh, our friend Sam Han 11 from the League of Legends podcast. Um, and he writes exactly what all of us need. It's a five-star review, and his review says, After downloading Clash Royale, I searched in hopes of a Clash Royale podcast, and behold, Cast Royale posted episode 000 literally two minutes ago. It must have been fate. 
The simple format and high production value really makes this podcast easy to listen to and digestible. These two enjoying talking about the game and humbly sharing their knowledge and thoughts. However, realize that a side effect of listening to the podcast include increased attractiveness. My wife hasn't been able to keep off me after I subscribe to these guys. It can't be a coincidence. Keep up the good work, just casual. So I'm just going to say this, <laughs> and I'll say it out loud. When Please. I read this review and I realized that that a side effect of listening to our podcast was increased attractiveness, I might have listened to Helsinki Tournament yeah. five times. Because I, I was I like- I hope we cranked it up on this episode. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so- uh, Thank you so much, Sam. You're uh, you're awesome. And by the way, Sam was our very, very first Twitter follower. Twitter follower. So, yep. Sam, we really appreciate it. And if you guys are looking for a League of Legends podcast, check out League of Legends Anonymous. Boom. Um, and then the next one that we have is from Digger Derek, um, and he writes, Good... Um, and this is a four-star review, and he writes, Audio is good. Information is more aimed at new players. Worth a listening to. I will change my review to five stars if you guys stop calling all troops minions. There is a troop in the game called minions, so when you refer to all troops as minions, it can be confusing. Dude, thank you for calling us out on this, because we do do that. We were, it was so funny. We were, <laughs> when we both read this review, we said the same thing, right? We were yep. like... We really do that. Wow, all the we time. really do do that. And, yeah. and we didn't realize how our bad, how confusing it could be. And lo and behold, there's two cards called minions, right? Minion horde and regular minions. So we were like, that could be very confusing, especially if we're talking about ground troops, like the barbarians and sphere goblins. Yep. Um, so uh, Digger, you nailed it. Thank you for calling us out. And to everyone who we've thrown off by listening to our podcast for the last four episodes, we apologize. However. It should be noted that we properly called every troop troops this time around. Yes, we did. <laughs> and, if, and if we didn't, we're sorry again. Um, so the next review that we have is from R2D2 Mello, um, who writes, Exceptional. Um, it's another five-star review, and he writes, The only podcast I listen to, keep up the great work, and I really appreciate all of the new tips and strategies. R2D2. That is Artie, and Artie joined the first clan before we created the second branch. So, Artie, thank you for the review, and we appreciate you being in the clan. So the next one is another five-star review, and it's from a really interesting name. <laughs> hashtag, hashtag, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Hashtag, hashtag. Awesome podcast. Great podcast for a great game. Really enjoying listening. Keep up the great work. I'm still caught up on the name. <laughs> I, I really am. I'm still caught up on the name. Oh God! I want to thank him, but what? Like, what do I say? Thank you, phone number. Thank you, phone number. Whoever you are, wherever you are, yeah. I will call you and thank you personally. But I'm doing that now, so yep. <laughs> we we really appreciate it. Thank you so much, and and we're we're really glad that you're that you're enjoying the podcast. Hey, Joe, what's up, man? Where's James? Where's James? <laughs> when I saw this next review, and I, I before I saw it, like before I read it, I saw who it was from. And I kind of felt like someone was screaming as they were like falling, right? Yeah. There's like a hundred A's <laughs> and like 500 question marks in the name. <laughs> we don't know where James is. Not sure. We don't know where James is. But he, However, he may or may not have appeared on our iTunes review. <laughs> correct. We do know that where's James with a lot of question marks has left us an awesome review. So he writes what a uh, very professional and high quality. Um, if you are looking for a great Clash Royale podcast, look no further. I listen to a lot of podcasts and few have as good sound quality 
are as well-spoken or are as likable guys as you. Keep them coming and I'll be a happy man. P.S. I think the outtakes would be better at the end of the show rather than at the beginning. Now, Rob, when we saw this, well, first of all, let me just say thank you, James, or where's James, <laughs> for the review. Yeah, uh, is he James? I'm not sure if he's James. I'm still caught up on the name. This is the this second time in a row. I want to James is. I wanna, where is James? I want to know if James left me the review <laughs> or if this person's looking for James. <laughs> <laughs> So I think the, the one thing that we wanted to point out about this review, we really, yeah. really appreciate it. But the outtake section, um, we talked about this and we like the fact that the outtakes are at the beginning of the, at the episode. We feel that it kind of gives it a little bit more of a playful vibe. Um, it also gets everybody involved really quick um, and really brings the, the tone of the entire episode right up front so we we actually tried it at the end of the episode and yes it was funny and it got you into the episode quicker um but man we just love laughing right at the beginning of every episode so i completely agree i love listening to it as the first thing and and just cracking up at how at how we mess up during during the show which happens a lot more often than the outtakes uh let on that's right p.s we really hope you find james we do um and then the Ah, you want me to read the next one? You know what? No, wait, hold on. My favorite review from the entire three week break was from G J G I D U G Y. So good job, Gadugi. Good job, Gadugi. That's that's all I got. Great. Ah, and his review is a one star review. One star, sad face. And this will become this will become clear very quickly. He writes: This current fad will fade. Simply awful. Battles are unbalanced. You must pay to win. Play only if Pokemon is too sophisticated for you. So, Rob, tell me, tell me your thoughts on this review. This was like, this was not a quick smack in the face, right? No, th- no. This was like a... Dude, this guy got lost. Yeah, I, f- I feel like I read the review and I was like, why is this review... Why is this here? Why is it here? Like, it's... I will say this up front. We've gotten reviews that haven't said the best things, right? Yeah, and that's, that's fine. Ma- maybe good stars, right? Like we had YT35 give us a decent review. He, get, he actually gave us a, a five-star review, but gave us constructive criticism in it. I would prefer somebody provide a constructive criticism feedback review as opposed to their opinion on the game. I mean, that's where if you have an, a bad opinion about the game because you don't like it, there's a sp- there's a place e- for that. Email Supercell. Or go into, go into the app store and, and leave a review for it. Um, yep. But not a podcast that talks about it. Because um, clearly the people that listen to it are going to like that game. Yeah. Um, so, it also um, doesn't help us at all. Like, we don't, we don't learn from this. We don't, <laughs> we don't see what you do and don't like about the Correct. game. Correct. Right. Um, That's the biggest thing. It, 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 it doesn't allow us to improve the podcast in any way, shape, or form. Understand what people are looking for when we make a new show. It's just, to be honest with you, it's just one person's opinion of a game that, that we talk about. <laughs> right. Um, and uh, to be fair, you know, the, if anybody wants to leave us reviews, we obviously always talk about it every episode. We appreciate it. We want them. We, we would obviously love a five-star review. If you don't feel we deserve a five-star review, you can give us whatever review you'd like. However... We would really appreciate it if you gave us some constructive feedback because we would like to get better. That's right. So to point out, if you do like our show 
and you'd like to give us a five star review, please do. It's it's the number one way that we that you can help us reach more people. Yeah, because um, now we're averaging four and a half stars because of good job, good Dougie. Good job, good Dougie. Yeah, <laughs> love that guy. Yeah, thank you for thank you for your review <laughs> and for your opinion of the game. Everybody appreciates it. <laughs> I hope you fade just like this fad. <laughs> I'm leaving that in. <laughs> you are? I, I, yep. I hope you fade just like this fad. I hope you fade. Uh, I hope you fade more quickly than this fad does. That was amazing. All right. Um, so that pretty much uh, does it for episode 005. How'd you feel? I feel good. I, I really, yeah. really think that, to be honest with you, I was kind of upset last week when we didn't get to do the podcast. It's kind yeah, of become too. like a part of the normal routine that, mm-hmm. to be honest, I look forward to every week. Um, but not having it, taking the break we got a lot of other things done even related to the podcast um but also we were able to kind of take a different perspective on what we previously were doing just to make it a little bit more um interactive and maybe a little bit more beneficial to not just new players but also some other folks who might want to try new things yeah so and um we're we're tweaking we're evolving we're taking your feedback we're uh, trying to get better. So as always, if you need to get in touch with us for any reason, uh, questions, comments, tips, tricks, uh, suggestions, um, please email us at feedback at castroyalepodcast.com. And be sure to check out our website. Lots of cool things going on there, including status of our new clan. And you can always go there to contact us. Um, so make sure to visit us at castroyalepodcast.com. That's right. And um, uh, as always, follow us on Twitter um, at Podcast Royale. Um, and then that brings us to our final last smack in the face. Final smack in the face. So I guess last week we spoke about um, the Patreon that we were going to be working on. And we've mm-hmm. been working very hard on it. Um, and Patreon is a place where we go um, to set up something to look for support for what we're doing. It's kind of like Kickstarter, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So I guess the best way to describe it is it's a place where we go to set up some things where we're looking for support um, for people who are listening to us and enjoying what we do. Um, that way we can get, continue to bring more of what we're doing. Um, and in return, we give you some really cool rewards, which will remain as a mystery for now until, <laughs> yeah. until we... Um, until we get the page up and running. and uh... Yeah, so on our website, we're currently working on a Patreon page, which it kind of lays out the different tiers, the different uh, awards that you would get for donating at different levels, um, which we're trying to finalize the final kinks in, in those details uh, just to make sure we have everything all settled before we kind of launch the page. But uh, sometime in the very near future, we'll be launching it on our website. It'll just be, you know, just like clan is another tab. It'll just be another tab on the website where you can find all the information you need. So that pretty much does it. Um, be sure to tune in next week uh, when we bring you another episode of uh, a hodgepodge of everything. A hodgepodge of everything. That's right. Yeah, let's, <laughs> that's it. Um, so tune in next week. Bye. Bye. Where's James? (laughs) I still don't know where James is. (laughs) Nobody does.